0: chapter 30 of doctor syn by russell thorndike this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by pale writer chapter 30 doctor syn has a call do you mean to say that you're going to leave dim church the squire was positively angry a thing he had never been with Dr. Sin in all the years that he had known him. "'You are undoubtedly pulling my leg. That's what you are doing. "'God bless my soul, sir. There's precious few fellows can do that, "'and precious few that dare try. But that's what you're doing, isn't it?' "'I'm afraid not, Sir Antony. My dear squire, my good friend, "'I am afraid that for once in my life I am most dreadfully in earnest. But what don't you like about the place? Is it something I've done? Do you want your stipend raised? Damn, I'll treble the blessed thing if it's that. Oh, it's that rascally son of mine that's been putting you out. It's that dentist scamp who never took to his books and never will. But I'll make him. I'll take my riding whip to the young whelp if he causes you pain. It is he. He's at the bottom of it my soul and body i'll give the young puppy a shakin up he doesn't know a good tutor when he sees one the impertinent young popinjay doesn't appreciate anything no god bless my soul why he's no more respect for me than a five-barred gate he's always doing something to jar me why do you know that the cool-faced young malefactor announced the other day in a most insolent manner that he was going to marry a barmaid yes i assure you he did he announced to me sir in the most condescending tones as if he were conferring an inestimable favor upon my head that he thought i ran a very good chance of having that girl imogene for my daughter-in-law you know imogene that serves and waits and does innumerable dirty jobs at the ship Inn and when i expostulated in fatherly tones why bless me if the young spitfire didn't fly into a passion crying out that it was high time one of the cob trees introduced some good looks into the family said that to me mind you his natural father that brought him into the world i told him that use those very words and what does he do but begin to bow and scrape and praise and thank me for bringing him into the world at the same period as that black-haired bar girl just as if his mother and i had timed a thing to a nicety why when i come to think of it she's the daughter of a common pirate that rascally scoundrelly clegg who was hanged at rye isn't she now and she's to be my daughter-in-law? Now, Dr. Sin. in the name of Romney Marsh, what the devil—I say, what the devil would you do if you had a son like that to deal with? The squire absolutely had to stop for breath, and Dr. Sin, who had been vainly trying to get a word in edgewise, replied, well sir i could candidly confess that my son was a lucky dog if he succeeded in getting her and which i should very much doubt in fact were i in your place i should go so far as to bet my wig that he would never win the girl i'm very fond of dennis devoted to him in fact but i'm afraid he'll have a great difficulty in marrying imogene i should damn well bet my eyes he will sir i need none to tell me that difficulty in marrying her ay that he will my son will marry position sir money sir and if beauty comes along of it well then beauty sir and all the better for my son sir and provided of course that the lady is willing put in the vicar willing. What minx wouldn't be only too damned willing to marry my son, old cobtree's son, and not so old either, sir, eh? Why, any woman would jump at the chance. And as for a bar girl, the daughter of a dirty pirate hanged in that silly conceited little town of Rye, why, pooh, pooh, my dear doctor, laughable. Well, I think differently in this case, squire, said the doctor i should call dennis a lucky dog i might even stretch a point and at the risk of being unfrocked say a damned lucky dog if he succeeded in marrying that girl imogene what cried the squire of course said the doctor you mustn't go entirely by what i say because i hold myself very seriously gifted in the judging of attractive women and so do i sir i know she's attractive a damn fine upstanding young woman and if she were even a county pauper i might stretch a point and accept her but beauty comes last on my list but imogene possesses all the other necessaries required rich she is and very rich although she doesn't know it and although her mother was but a dancer in a rarotonga gambling saloon she was descended direct from an incan princess and as you said, "pooh-pooh" to me, sir. Why, I'll say "pooh" back, sir. "Pooh" to your Kentish ladies of quality. For when Imogene comes into her own, why, damn, she could chuck their fortunes on to every horse in the village steeplechase. chase. Is she so very wealthy, that girl at the ship inn? Well, perhaps I'm wrong in saying that the match is so very uneven. Perhaps I am yes went on the vicar there is just the possibility that it might be brought to a successful issue though if you'll excuse my saying so you are so very tactless at times squire what do you mean cried the squire hotly i'm none too sure that i should care for my son to marry a bar girl though she were the daughter of croesus himself my dear squire calm yourself i beg as a barmaid i admit imogene is below Dennis as regards position but as an incan princess why my dear friend she is as far superior to the cob-trees of the court-house as the reigning house of england why do you know anything but of course you do of the pride the magnificence the omnipotent splendour possessed by the incan kings why the palace of whitehall would compare most unfavourably with their sculleries no really said the squire and is for the wealth and fortunes of imogene that i must leave you went on the cleric that is leave you for a time you understand for although i shall bestow upon her certain things of value that i hold as her guardian the bulk of her fortune has been lying idle but now that she is growing into womanhood, it is high time i fulfilled my duties and lifted her money for her. "'Then she's your adopted child, is she?' said the squire, pushing his wig back and scratching his head. "'Well, I suppose that's how it stands in a sense,' replied the doctor. "'When that rascal Clegg died, he actually paid me a good sum of money to see that his daughter was provided for.' and of course I've kept that money for her until she came to years of discretion. He also told me where England's treasure was buried, and that's what I'm off to get. England's treasure? What's that? asked the amazed squire. Clegg was a partner of England, the notorious pirate. It is said that he killed England in a quarrel, though nothing was proved of it. Anyhow, Clegg was the only man who knew of the hiding-place, and at his death he imparted the secret to me, after I had given solemn oath upon the Bible to keep it to myself. "'God bless my soul,' said the squire, leaping to his feet. "'Do you mean to say that you've kept the secret all this time, and not fitted out a ship, and gone to lift it? Why, there may be millions there.' "'There are,' said Dr. Sin. "'I'm certain of that that's why i've been at pains to keep the whole matter to myself not even telling the girl for it will want careful handling once let anyone know that i'm off to lift clegg's treasure chest and all the dogs in christendom will be nosing on my trail clegg had the same fear of this secret being stolen and so committed the exact lie of the island to my memory and to no artificial map but he did it so uncommon well that i can see point bays, lagoons, soundings, and tracks, just as if I had piloted ships there all my life. Then all this pious talk of wanting to go out as a mission preacher to the smelly blacks is simply balderdash, and you haven't had a ridiculous call at all? Merely a cloak to hide my real designs. "'Good Lord, deliver us,' said the squire, pushing his wig clean off and allowing it to lie unheeded on the floor. Just then there entered a servant who announced to the squire that the girl from the ship Inn was outside with a note which she desired to give to the squire. "'Ask her to be so kind as to step in,' said the squire, with a touch of deference and awakened interest. Imogene accordingly came into the room. Perfectly at ease she stood there until, with almost regal grace, she accepted the chair that the squire brought forward yes he thought the vicar was right her clothes were rough indeed but her manner would have sat well on an empress you have brought a note for me i think imogene said the squire at last he was ridiculously uncertain whether to call her imogene as usual or madam in fact in his confusion he was as near as not saying mistress cobtree which would have been awful imogene held out a small sealed packet and looked at the fire and so taken up was the squire with looking at her and thinking of the ink and millions that if dr syn had not shuffled his foot he would have forgotten to open the letter at all but the moment he had the girl the ink and millions his anger against his son the mission call of the doctor everything was forgotten, for he crunched the letter in his hand, threw his head back, and looking at the ceiling with the most appalled expression on his face, cried out, If there's a god in heaven, come down quick and wring this captain's neck. What is it? cried the vicar. Read it out, yelled the squire, flinging the crumbled paper ball upon the table. If you love me, read it out and tell me what to do. Doctor Sin recovered the note, which had bounced from the table to the floor, and when he had unravelled it and smoothed it straight and flat, he read: "Ship in, to Sir Anthony Cobtree of the Court House, Leveller of Marsh Scots, Sir, I beg to inform you on behalf of the British Admiralty that the person of Mr. Rash, Dimchurch Schoolmaster, has disappeared." I feel sure that there is somebody in power who is organizing Romney Marsh for his own ends. Somebody is running wool to France, and from the clever organization of these runs I know that some cultured brain is directing affairs. Your attitude of utter indifference forces me to suspect you. As leveler of the Marsh Scots, you are in a safe place to control such a scheme and so I have taken a strong measure in attaching the person of your son, Mr. Dennis Cobtree. If the body of that unfortunate schoolmaster, dead or alive, is not produced before me within the next twenty-four hours, I shall take steps to force your hand. Signed, Captain Howard Collier, Coast Agent and Commissioner. P.S. There is a press gang at work in Rye who will ship your son to sea in twenty-four hours. Now, what am I to do? Press gang at Rye twenty-four hours. What have I got to do with that flabby-faced schoolmaster? Where has he got to? How the devil should I know? Perhaps he thinks that I have danced him off somewhere. Never heard of such a thing in my life. But what am I to do? That's what I want to know. What am I to do? But poor dennis why well, I, I wouldn't have quarrelled with him if i'd known why has that schoolmaster disappeared by what infernal right i say has that insignificant anemic louse disappeared dr sin then briefly related the boatswain's story of rash's disappearance which the squire listened to impatiently "'Well, sir,' the latter exclaimed at the conclusion, "'as far as that schoolmaster's concerned, "'I don't mind if he's roasting on Lucifer's spit, "'for I dislike the man. "'But when his disappearance concerns the safety of my son, "'my God, he's got to put in an appearance "'and be quick about it. "'For I'll have him routed out of his infernal hiding-place. "'I'll rouse the marshman and have him routed out.' "'That's all very well, squire, but how?' "'How, sir?' echoed the irascible gentleman. "'How? "'Do you ask me how?' "'Well, I don't know how, yes, how.' "'That's the question,' ruefully remarked Dr. Sin. "'Of course it is,' returned the other. "'Well, how would you set about it yourself?' "'I'd beat the marsh up from border to border.' so i will sir so i will and i should get that mulatto and hang him for he's a sorcerer a witch-man and i believe that as long as we have such a jonas curse among us that nothing will come right i'll do that at once but we've only twenty-four hours imogene stood up and looked at the squire and in a steady voice as if she were pronouncing a definite judgment she said it is enough for me I will undertake to find your son for you, and the schoolmaster, too. And without waiting for a reply, she swiftly passed out of the room. But what can we do? stammered the squire. I should find that mulatto and hang him. I don't care a fig about finding him. You must, persisted the cleric, for he is the cause of the trouble. Find the mulatto and leave the rest to Imogene. She has spoken, and you may be sure she'll keep her word. But find that mulatto. End of chapter 30